Hey, hello everybody and welcome back to Conquest Chronicles podcast. This is Matt here along with Dina. After a long month of, what was it, been a month uh, on hiatus, a lot of things came up, but we're back with the season coming up in 37 days, 37, 37 short days from the, uh, from the opening of the 2019-2020 season. Um, glad to be back. Glad the season's coming up. Dina, how how are you feeling? How's everything going? Are you ready for kickoff? Are you ready? It's almost here. Oh man, I'm so ready. Thirty seven days is not long at all. It isn't. It's gonna fly by just like that. Usually, how it goes is once you hit media days, like once the media days hit, then you start looking towards fall camp. Then one fall camp hits, then really everything else just plays into itself. Yeah, I mean, August 31st, it'll be uh, 7, 7 p.m. Is it 7 p.m. or 7.30? 7.30. 7.30, even better. No 7.30 <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> I need as much time as possible for it not to be 100,000 degrees. No sun. Well, especially how it is in L.A. because recently, um, it's it's just been it's been really hot out in uh, out in in California. I mean, usually around that time, it's still hot. It's Labor Day weekend. I mean, what can you say? It's I, 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 all I can say is right now is just the season is is on its way, but. As everyone knows, uh, Pac-12 Media Day took place on Wednesday uh, in Hollywood. Usually, that's again, it's where the, the coaches and the and the players, usually the captains, are the ones who come up, you know, who comes up, talks, uh, talk to the media about what their expectations are for the upcoming season, just things like that. But there are some interesting things that we want to touch on with Media Day. And, uh, and we'll go ahead and we'll start with, um, we'll, we'll go ahead and start with Larry Scott, who, who spoke. I mean, he didn't do a bad job, but again, with the Pac-12, with the way the Pac-12 is, with the perception of the conference, it's not viewed in the best of lights right now. And especially with teams missing the, uh, the college football playoffs, you know, Things just everybody's wondering when is there going to be change, and one of the changes that was brought up was the uh, the Pac-12 title game. I'll go ahead and we'll start off with that. The Pac-12 title game moving uh, this year. Pac-12 title game will take place at Levi Stadium and it will air on ABC. Um, it will air on ABC, which everybody in the nation gets to has ABC. If you don't have ABC, then I don't know what on earth you have. But everybody <laughs> has local ABC. And so the game will come on ABC um and this will be the last season for the foreseeable future. This will be the last season that it will be at Levi Stadium. Next year, the announcement was made that next year that the Pac-12 title game will move to um to the new Las Vegas Stadium, where the the soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders and the uh, UNLV running Rebels will play right off the strip. 
They will play in 2020 and 2021. And I believe there was, um, I believe that they will play the Pac-12 title game after that at the new Los Angeles Stadium in Inglewood in 2022. Uh, I, that's a guess to me, um, as far as I'm guessing, but they left, but they said 2020 and 2021. And I believe Los Angeles will have 2022. Uh, Dino, I, I know you've watched the Pac-12 title game. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it being at Levi's, but what do you think of this move? Yeah, I think it's a good move. I mean, no one ever is making like, I don't know. I've never heard any exciting things about Levi's Stadium. And with it being moved to Las Vegas, it's like a road trip mini vacation i mean especially for college kids i mean the students uh for both teams are gonna more um what's the word are gonna much more find vegas more enticing than a trip up to santa clara so and it's a money grab i mean i'm sure the pac-12 is going to be making a lot more money hosting it in vegas than they did hosting it in santa clara and I think um, the thing with it being in, um, and, and I think the thing with it being in Las Vegas is a lot of people know Las Vegas. Not only that, but you have a lot of people moving to Las Vegas now. Um, my my thing is, I'm not fond of Vegas like that per se. But if you think about it, the Pac-12 tournament for basketball there in Los Angeles. And I've heard great things about the atmosphere in Los Angeles, uh, or not in Los Angeles, in in uh, Las Vegas. So the Pac-12 title game is in, or, for the, or the Pac-12 tournament is in Las Vegas. The uh, the Pac-12 title game for football being in Vegas is going to entice more people to go. More people are going to want to go to Vegas because it's Las Vegas. You know what I mean? Exactly. Who, who don't want to go to Las Vegas? More people are going to want to go. You're going to get more people in that stadium, regardless of what day it is. You know, I I think the issue um, is games being played in the middle of a weekday or something, like on a Friday, and you're expecting people to fly up to Levi Stadium. Really, where that stadium is, it's in it's basically outside of San Jose. To go see anything tourist-wise, you have to drive an hour an hour to San Francisco because they do everything in San Francisco to make you think it's in San Francisco. It's not in San Francisco. There's nothing to see in San Jose, really. So (laughs) to be honest, tourist tourist attraction-wise, it's not it for the Pac-12 title game. They just moved it there because it was the new NFL stadium at the time. It was a new NFL stadium. Yeah, and with all the problems the Pac-12 and all the negative media the Pac-12 has been having over the past couple of years, um, I mean, whether you're a Pac-12 fan or not, I think a trip to Vegas to see a title game um, is enticing to anybody. I agree. It Even is. if you don't like Vegas. I mean, I don't like Las Vegas at all, but I think it would be fun to be in that atmosphere for a game. I'll tell you this. I'd much rather go to Vegas than Levi Stadium. <laughs> here's the thing, Northern California around that time, it gets cold, it gets windy. The first time I went, when USC went and they played Stanford the first time, when McCaffrey ran up and down the field on SC, it was cold and it was windy. I had a hand warmer. 
The second time, it was a little bit better, but I still had a sweater. This, I know Vegas, it gets cold, but you're in a dome. And it's more enticing to go. It's Vegas, you know. It's more enticing to go to Vegas than it is um, Levi's. I mean, it's more enticing to go to L.A. and Vegas because it's a tourist attraction. But, right. But, and and for USC fans who live in Southern California, it's it's an hour closer. It's four hours to get to Vegas, and it's five hours to get to Santa Clara. Driving. It is six. It's six. It, it, well, yeah, it is five hours. Excuse me. It is five hours because I forgot you're not going all the way up, like, to where I am at. It's a six-hour drive where I'm at. Anyway, but... No, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. It's a much closer drive, especially for the L.A. schools. And it's a closer, you know, and it's a better flight, you know. So that's what I'll take it as. Now, another discussion, switching gears here. If we're, see, we're talking about Pac-12 title game and everything. There's going to be a change to uh, when kickoffs are. If you detest it, what, there were 11 a.m. kickoffs, I believe? If you detest it, the 11.30 kickoffs or the afternoon kickoffs at noon or at 1, or if you were not a fan of the 7.30 kickoffs, you are going to be ecstatic over Pac-12 during brunch. <laughs> Pac- breakfast at- Pac-12 for breakfast. Because right now, Larry oh, man, Scott... That totally kills the tailgate game. Larry Scott has made a um, has has mentioned that there has been discussions and that potentially this could happen as soon as this season. That there could be one game every week. That there could potentially be one game every week. All I'm saying is off at nine at nine to ten a.m. Pacific time. It better not be the ones we're going to. I already know Fresno State's not going to be it, but if it's Oregon, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I, I doubt I doubt they will put Oregon and USC on <laughs> at 9 a.m. Unless they both are like Owen, <laughs> like really bad. Well, here here's the thing with that, and here's the thing that a lot of people were mentioning. I think somebody mentioned it earlier um, on on ESPN. When college game day comes on, usually when, when college game day comes on, it comes on at like what, six in the morning out here? Mm-hmm. It comes on at six in the morning. When games are on out west, or out west, when, when the games out east come on, it's usually at twelve at, uh, twelve in the afternoon out east. Usually that's nine o'clock for us. But those are the worst rated games. Those are more of like, Northwestern versus Rutgers exactly. or Toledo versus versus Michigan. You know what I mean? Like games like that, like Michigan versus Appalachian State. Not saying that it's worse, but the games that we typically don't, we that are the lowest rated games, like West Virginia and Texas Tech or something, those games are on at 9 o'clock Pacific or 9 o'clock Pacific time. So it wouldn't be like it it wouldn't be USC versus um it wouldn't be like a USC versus Oregon or anything like marking games like that but potentially it could be USC versus Washington State one year or USC versus um 
Well, you can't say anybody in the Pac-12 South, but USC versus, for example, Arizona or Oregon or Oregon versus Cal. You know, games like that will end up on at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it, as you mentioned, Dina, it kills the tailgating experience. There's already a talk about attendance going down. This doesn't help attendance at all because nobody, I mean, you're going to get the loyal fans that wake up at nine in the morning, you know, who, who's going to go at nine in the morning. Right. And you already get people who go to tailgate at nine in the morning, but that's different. Going for people to most go. Most people, and, yeah, most people don't wake up at nine o'clock in the morning to tailgate though. Exactly. And they're that's, definitely not going to wake up at nine in the morning if they don't live in Los Angeles to drive to Los Angeles. And that's, and I think that's the issue here that if you live in LA, if you think about it, if you live in LA, you gotta go all the way to the Coliseum. You gotta go to the Coliseum at what? Just in order to tailgate, which you probably, they'll probably won't do tailgating because of it. But if you tailgate, it's probably gonna be at five o'clock in the morning. Then you only have a certain Although, amount of time. Although, for, for the experience, I would at least, just once in my life, like to go to, like, a 5 o'clock tailgate, a 5 a.m. tailgate with, like, breakfast burritos. But I would not want to do that more than once in my lifetime. I, uh, I don't know. Like, to me, I, oof. That's the thing. I would go. Like, I would want to go. That's the thing. I would go. But the issue for me is just not, at 9 o'clock, a tent, the stadium is going to be almost empty. Like, nobody's going to really want to go to that at 9 in the morning. Yeah. Like, we already complain about, about kickoffs at 11. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, it's not – I think, you know, it's – no one's going to be in the stadium if we're not doing so well, and it's still going to be hard, even if we are doing um, – we're having a good season. And not only that, but if you you got to think of it, too. Like, you got to think of it like this, too. And I think this is something that people got to understand with um, with college football and, and everything. College football or football in general, even the NFL, you go for the experience. You go for the tailgating experience. Now, for games that are played out west in the West Coast, and I keep saying this with the NFL, the earliest game you'll get is at one ten in the afternoon. In the afternoon, so like Seattle, the Niners, the Rams, the Raiders, um, Arizona, those games come on at one in the afternoon. The earliest game we get is at ten in the morning. Unless it's a London game, then that's a different story. We already have issues with Friday night games as is. We already have an issue with that. Doing 10 o'clock games, and I mean, I, and I understand why they're trying to do it. It's because you're trying to get the viewers to watch. You're trying to get the viewers out east to watch. You're trying to get the attentions of everybody out east. To, to yeah, see but, those games. But for USC, they shouldn't be worrying about people out east. Their main... Well, uh, unfor- unfortunately, the people you got to appease and, the, and the, the college football playoff um, 
committee are out east, unfortunately. True. So that's the thing is these these guys, it's not like the selection committee where they can sit back and watch the tournament and then look at resumes and everything. These guys, they're not going to stay up till till you know late at night to watch an undefeated USC team play or anything like that. You know, that's if you're not staying up till 2 a.m. to watch a late night college football Pac-12 after dark, are you even a college football fan? No, unfortunately not. But even here's and I'll share a story because I when I was in Detroit visiting, I fell asleep watching an NBA game. I fell asleep watching an NBA game that came on at 10 Eastern. So the games come on at 10 Eastern. I fell asleep at 10 Eastern, but then again, my body was on Eastern time. So I understood people's struggle. But, and, and for us, we don't get out of the Coliseum until what? 10? I think the latest I ever got out of the Coliseum was 1130. Yeah. So for us, that's nothing. For everybody out east, and especially if it's a Pac-12 after dark game, because you're trying to get attention of the casuals. Everything is done to get attention of the casual fans. So the casual fans out east are like, okay, I'm not going to watch USC. You know, if I don't like USC, I'm not going to watch USC and basketball school you. But for us, we're going to stay up and watch that, that mess. Like, Dina and I will stay up to watch Hawaii play, for crying out loud, if it was no, on. I literally, what? Uh, it was my first year at USC, and I remember staying up until like 2 a.m. on the couch in the living room, watching a Patchwork After Dark game, and I think it was Hawaii. It must have been. <laughs> it was somebody. And you just, you just, I don't know. If you're what not watching it? games. Until 2 a.m., then you're not a true college football fan. But then I right. guess it could be said if you're not waking up at 9 a.m. to go watch a game, you're yeah. not a fan. Well, here's the thing, because a lot of us, let's, and, and I think it's for a lot of us who either who have jobs and we don't get off till late, or we're, I know for me, I coach high school football, you know, and my Saturdays I want to lay in bed and watch college football and everything, you know what I mean? So... I think it, it'll be better that way because if we talk about attendance, I, I mean, everybody wants to watch college football games from home and they want to watch like five different games and stuff. I mean, I guess this is the way because in all honesty, once conference games hit, are we really going to want to go and watch Rutgers and somebody? I think that's the issue. Do we really want to go watch Rutgers and Maryland play in the Big Ten in the morning or Northwestern and Penn State? or Northwestern and Indiana, and then the next game, because our options are, in the morning, our options are Miami against some low-level ACC school. All right, what's on ESPN2? Oh, Penn State and Temple. Okay, <laughs> what's on ESPN? Oh, Oklahoma and and Toledo. Why would I want to watch that? And then, oh, what's on CBS? What's on CBSN? Oh, Army and North Carolina, or Army and and New Mexico State. Why would I want to watch that? You know, I'm gonna watch it. I'm a channel flip. I'm gonna watch it. 
But at that time, I'm heading out the door to go to the Coliseum or something. Yeah. Or in that case, I'm on the road. Or I'm already on the road, and I'm gonna go to a bar in Berkeley or in or or hope somebody got a TV plugged up to a tree at Stanford. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's it, it, it's so it's gonna be the same thing with the Pac-12 with Pac-12 in the morning. It's gonna be Washington State and Oregon State on the Pac-12 network. Are you going to want to watch Oregon State and Washington State? I'm not going to want to watch Oregon State and Washington State. I will if they're both undefeated. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're going to be undefeated. Mm-hmm. Well, Washington State, okay. Washington State has a better Someone, chance. Who to- was I looking at on Twitter? Someone was saying Oregon State's a sleeper. Who the heck said Oregon State's a sleeper? Or maybe they were saying Washington State. Washington State, I can see, is a sleeper. Oregon no, State, my bad, my bad. It was Max Brown. He had posted a poll asking which team, which Pac-12 North team was a sleeper, and it was Washington State. Washington State would be the sleeper. I think. Now I don't remember, but it definitely wasn't Oregon State. If Oregon, if Oregon State was a sleeper, <laughs> somebody needs to um, somebody needs to talk to me. Like somebody needs to give me needs to needs to detail something for me because I'm not I'm I'm not buying it. I I'm not buying it. So I don't know. Like and and I and we've seen people on Twitter actually. We've seen people on 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 Twitter actually um, talk about it. Someone mentioned. I wouldn't even do it for my pat for my uh Pop Warner team. And Pop Warner teams do actually go and unfortunately play in um right. in the mornings and stuff. <laughs> um another person said that they wouldn't that they're not going to the Los Angeles Memorial United field. I guess as it's called now. Um I don't know. I like somebody said they weren't going to a game there. I, I, I don't like it because one, we already have attendance issues with the Pac right. twelve. Right. Why Yeah, it's you know, just not a smart move. It's it's just I don't know why he anyone would think it was a smart move. I mean it's nowhere close to a smart move. Yeah. Somebody said here here's some Wig for USC said it's a, it's crazy. Don't complain about declining attendance and then suggest something this idiotic. Total disconnect. <laughs> I agree. It is a total disconnect. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, Larry Scott isn't paying attention to what the fans want at all, and he hasn't been for for a while. He hasn't. He really hasn't. I don't think he really cares, unfortunately. But I don't know. I I, I don't know what to say on that. Now, here's now going to what what the whole thing with Media Day is too. USC did take the podium and talk. They did speak. Clay Helton, um, Clay Helton, Michael Pittman Jr. and Christian Rector were on the podium, and basically they just talked about the upcoming season. Um, one of the things, and one of the many questions, was about um, Graham Harrell was about their strength and conditioning coach. 
as well as the changes made. It, uh, there was talk about 2018. And one of the biggest things Clay Helton mentioned was accountability, that this year it's about accountability and um, and simplifying things, things that we talked about actually in, in, in the past. And Right. I mean, he mentioned that, you know, when he was calling plays last year against Notre Dame, he realized that when he simplified things down, they could get things going. And with the accountability aspect of it, um, I think Michael Pittman said, you know, one player missed class and class and Graham Harrell had them all running, um, gassers, <laughs> the whole team. And then I think yeah. he was saying 25 burpees in between each one. I think I read something like that. Yeah. And, and, and the thing about it here, here's the thing about it. So too. it's, it's it, no more, the, the big thing with Clay Helton and I guess the whole coaching staff is it's no more Mr. Nice Guy. Like, there's no more, you know, effing around. You're going to get yelled at no matter who you are. That's another thing Michael Pittman said. He was kind of shocked the first time Helton yelled at him because, you know, the for the past couple of years, none of the starters really got, you know, chewed out if they did anything wrong. Well, didn't – and I, I remember you went to uh, to spring practice, actually, and wasn't didn't you say Helton yelled for a for a penalty? Yeah, I, I forget who it was now, but some some guys were you know fighting with each other, and he was like you know understandably like why the why the hell are you all fighting with each other? You're on the same team. I know you're on different sides of the scrimmage right now, but you're all on the same team. And if you do this during a game, you're gonna cost us big. So you better knock that shit off right now. So these are, and that's things that you know that we that's things that we don't that we don't really see, you know, that we haven't seen from Helton. Could we hear about Helton? And it was nice. I was, I was with, I was with, um, I was standing next to Yvette Stepp and, um, you know, we were loving it. We were like, hell yeah. (laughs) She was like, yeah, we're not playing no games this year. (laughs) And I like that. Yeah. I like it. You know, that's my that's the thing I, I, I sit up there and I and I think about too. I think this is what this team needed is somebody to give them a swift kick in the behind, you know? They need a swift kick like that. They they in all honesty, I think they need it. I think they in all honesty need it. You know, and then along with the along comes a new and improved strength and conditioning pro- program. So yes. you know, Michael and Pittman play, was saying he, and he plays no doing, games. Yeah. They're doing workouts that he he didn't think they'd be able to, he would be able to do, but he's doing them now because because of the program he's on. And I think that again, I think that's stuff that's needed for USC, and I think and it'll help them down the line. Especially strength and conditioning improvements from last year. That's oh, probably that was your you biggest know, thing last year. Biggest thing, even I think, in front of the the offense the offense changing was strength and conditioning, because if no one's healthy, then it's not going to matter what you're doing on offense. One of the things I, I, I that I heard on offense, and this was a um, – and this was actually something that I that I mentioned, or not that I mentioned. But, well, I think I might have mentioned it last year, but if you look at it, when – when USC simplified things, or when USC basically went one, two, get the ball out your hands. Right. One, we two, saw get the ball it. We saw hands. JT Daniels start to get into a rhythm when it was just easy like that. Exactly. 
and that was the and that was the uh the thing. However, my thing was my my thing about it was this. USC often went away from what worked, which is why I didn't like Helton changing uh changing up the play calling or 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 taking the play calling duties cuz he couldn't focus on being a head coach. I don't like when head coaches are play callers as well. I think it takes away. However, Graham Harrell comes in and he installs the offense and Michael Pittman Jr. uh uh Pittman basically said, "Hey, it you know, the old the old offensive scheme that we had, it took guys 2 years. It took guys 2 years to get it to get comfortable with it. Now with this, you can get it in a week. And now more players can play because you can play a lot faster now. Right. So USC can now play faster because everything is simple. Not everything is complicated. And you saw it the last two years. And hopefully that'll, complicated. you know, that'll, um, lessen the penalties that were getting called. I agree. You know, I, I don't agree. know why it wouldn't if everything's simpler and we're, we're moving at a fast tempo. It's less time for guys, you know, to, to move on the line or to make a mistake, you know. I I wholeheartedly agree with that. It's um no, it it's just um in my view, how can I put this? In my view, I feel that now everything is in space, everything is going and everything like that. Now I think Helton yesterday he said that he doesn't view this as the air raid. He it's not the air raid per se. And I believe uh Graham Harrell said the same thing cuz a lot of people are like he, he, you know, oh it's the air raid offense. Graham Harrell said it earlier when he uh when he spoke before spring. He's like the air raid is is an identity. It's not a playbook. It's an identity. It's not this, like this complex thing and Helton and Helton was saying, honestly, he was saying, look, Graham Harrell made me realize how simple this is supposed to be. He said Graham Harrell made him realize that he was doing a lot of things and he was making it complex. Harrell was just basically going, look, you got to make it. You're not trying to out scheme the opponent or anything. You're trying to master your craft. And that's what USC was trying to do. I think the emphasis will be master your craft and simplify things you know he told clancy pendergrass hey you got to dumb down the playbook your your defensive playbook for these guys so they can get it and i think that was the um i think that was the the thing thankfully that they got so that's what i took out of it honestly yeah yeah the whole the whole i mean I haven't heard one negative thing coming out of the spring camp and forward. Not one negative thing about the football program. Not at all. I think it's a, a it's a sense, and somebody said it on Twitter that this USC team could be better. That that the potential to be better is that. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of questions and everything because you had no clue. But now you kind of, when you look at it, 
especially when you see it in Christian Rector and Michael Pittman, there's a hunger there. There's mm-hmm. a, you know, there's a, there, I think they feel disrespected because a lot of people are writing USC off. A lot of people are writing USC off. And I think they feel disrespected because they don't want to be the players that the, they don't want to be the guys for the reason for the, for the downward spiral at USC. And basically they're just going, look, USC is not going to go down on my hands. It's not going to, this isn't going to happen. So now there's a lot more accountability and everybody is like, is buying in. I think you feel, I think I feel that there's a buy-in there at USC. Everybody's buying in in the weight room. Everything, everybody's buying in in the uh, offense, on the defense. There's a collective buy-in. Now, it's going to see when we, when you hit the field, when you play against, you know, Stanford and everything and everybody else. That's going to be the difference. But I think there's going to be a, there's going to be a change there. There's going to be a hungry bunch. Uh, and we can see it come, come week one, come August 31st. We can see it. Cause I know they're ready to hit somebody. So I, I think that's what it boils down to. Um, another thing that I also, uh, that I've also noticed too that was, that was talked about is the, um, it was was Brew McCoy and and Chris Steele. A lot of people are wondering their eligibility status right now. They're in right. role. However, they they I think they submitted the waiver. Yes. Yeah. Clay the Helton said they submitted waivers for immediate eligibility for both of them, but they haven't heard um, anything further on on that. So he said he's hoping by week one. I think. The NCAA will look to kind of get uh, have an answer by week one, if anything. I think they're trying to have a an answer by week one, so they can um, just so they can, you know, just so they can they know what their status is. Because the longer this hangs up, the more they don't know, you know, and the more you're just playing around with people's eligibility. Right. So. That's where um I think that's the thing that they're trying to figure out is that what is what's the status here like where are we at with their eligibility and everything right. I thought they I, honestly I thought it would be done by now but it depends on when they submitted the waiver too and when everything took place so I I mean again I think with Chris Steele there's the possibility of Chris Steele playing right away. With McCoy, right. I mean, that's going to be that, – that's the, the, the reasoning behind <laughs> it is, is complicated. I, I don't anticipate McCoy playing right away. If he does, great. But I don't anticipate it. Yeah, I don't. Steele, on the other hand, I can see playing right away. Because I agree. Because Steele has the legit reason why he, he, uh, he left. There was an actual reason why he left, and well, Rue McCoy had a reason too. It's just Chris Steele's, um, what's the word? Not criminal, because it wasn't. It but was, the, the coaching staff refused to do something right based it's off like, of his well-being. It's unnerving. His reason is a little bit unnerving, as opposed to you know, I don't think Brew has said his his full. Reasoning, but everyone's you know assuming homesickness and he just wanted to be around family. 
and 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 that's the thing too. It's like that's the thing too. It's 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 um it's with McCoy. You know, it's I guess it's negligence on the coaching staff for, at Florida with Chris Steele. It that's is what makes it you know heavier. But then we go in. But then you go into this though. Tate Martell and and um, Justin Fields were immediately eligible. Well, you want to know why? Because they're big name quarterbacks. Exactly, they were immediately eligible. So you know, it's hard but, to imagine uh, if they weren't quarterbacks that they would have gotten immediate eligibility. Like that's the thing we're going. Like that's the thing I'm. I'm like that's the thing we got to look at here. Is like. Why was XYZ, you know, immediately eligible? You know, if they were cornerbacks or if they were tight end, that was had the possibility to sit on the bench another year, then I don't think they would have been granted immediate eligibility. It's strictly because they were quarterbacks that were like five-star, four-star recruits. My issue with it is, yeah, we, we grant, eligibility immediately to two quarterbacks because they're quarterbacks. But you might as well go ahead and let, you know, and let um, McCoy be eligible right away, you know? But, again, I think McCoy, it's a lot more complicated when we talk about eligibility for him. Right. That's the complicated thing. That's the thing I'm, you know, we're waiting for. So. I, I I guess we'll see we'll see. I think I I'm gonna say by the second week of fall camp. We'll find okay. out. Okay. I think the second week by that's my guess, people. Don't don't quote me on that. I know people are gonna go, Well Conquest Chronicles well Matt on Conquest Chronicles said they'll be eligible right no, I, this is my guess. I'm just guessing. I'm gonna say the week before game. The week before the season opener. So you think the NCAA could do the whole Mike Williams thing? Because remember when the the reason I brought that up is because remember we didn't find out if Mike Williams would be eligible until the week was it the week before the Virginia Tech game or was it like the week I think it was the week of the Virginia Tech game that's when we found out. I think it was the week of. I think it was the week of when when we found out. Yeah, I don't remember. I I don't remember. It was so long ago. And I was... How old was I at the time? I was 14. It was was a while ago. I'm sorry. That was almost over... That was over 10 years ago. (laughs) I know. Yeah, but I can can see him drawing drawing it out a bit. It's the NCAA. I think they'll draw it out. <laughs> it's the NCAA. I believe did, it. Did we get any questions? Uh, no questions actually. However, with fall camp coming up, um, what are some things that you're looking forward to with fall camp? Uh, let's see. I'm really interested to see. Just how well JT Daniels has progressed in this new system. Um, I mean, that's an obvious one for, for almost everybody. And I'm actually, I think, you know, who, who I'm most excited to see is Marquis Stepp. 
interesting. I mean, I, he I'm showed a- out. He showed out in spring camp, and you know, he's gonna he's gonna be seeing some snaps because he's too talented not to. He is. He he most definitely is. Um, I'm interested to see how the offense fully works with with all the group with everyone there. With now the with now the uh, enrollees there, the early enrollees, or not early enrollees, but now with everyone there, including the uh, the, the incoming freshmen, um, want to see how the defense improves, and especially the secondary. I, I want to know what the secondary is going to look like and how they improve from last year and how much better they'll look. Uh, I want to know. I want to see that. Uh, so, what's the tone going to be now? What is the tone going to be? in fall camp what's the tone going to be because i feel like you set the tone the first day so what is the tone going to be like how is how is practice going to be in fall camp that's what i'm very interested in seeing is just how everything the tone everything like that and position battles is it truly a position is it truly a quarterback battle that's my biggest thing is this truly going to be a quarterback battle or is this, well, we're going to say it's a competition and JT Daniels is going to be the starter. So are we just, are, is USC just delaying the inevitable? <laughs> or are we really going to see who's better? I, I, I really want to know who's better. I, I I'd, like, really, I'd like to see them name a starter um, more than a week in advance. Cause, oh, you know that's not going to happen. I know. <laughs> It just makes it just it's just so it dumb. More, it's just so so dumb to do that because then you're taking away snaps from your starter. It makes more sense because when did they announce JT Daniels? Like it was like the week before because I remember week, being mad about it being the week before. I did a joke that there and and the jokes write itself, but I did a joke that Michigan Tech Division three school. A division, a, what was it? Division two. I think it's a division three school called Michigan Tech. Named the starter before USC, and I said Michigan Division three Michigan Tech named the starter before USC did. Fire Coach Helton, and <laughs> Dina was 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 I, Dina was hot after that. Dina was like, <laughs> Dina was like, don't you go there. <laughs> eventually, I went. There. Eventually, I went there, but still. I ended up going there. However, I think USC, I think a week before the season, they'll name a starter. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, history tells us that is going to be the case. But I do know August 17th is the, the fall showcase. I think we mentioned it. It is now confirmed. We we mentioned it beforehand. I think we mentioned it on here that they that they made changes. It was reported by um, it was reported by uh when we made when we dropped the announcement when we talked about it. It was reported by the Peer Style by the Peer Style podcast. The the uh, Ryan Abraham and, and Dan Weber and Shotgun and Kelsey over at um at uscfootball.com that they're doing the fall that they're doing the uh the fall showcase that that was going to replace um i don't i didn't i don't think that was it per se but i think it they said they were going to do tribute to or what was it what is it called tribute to troy salute to troy salute to troy thank you 
I, I forgot it already. But that, that <laughs> Salute to Troy was going to be inside the Coliseum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's called the Fall Show. Okay, so done away with is is Salute to Troy. It's now uh, taken away. It's now the Fall Showcase, which it's going to be. You get to do a meet and greet with the players inside the L.A. Coliseum. You meet with the players first. You do all that. And then they scrimmage afterwards. So that's what's taking place. That's what's taking the place of Salute of Salute to Troy. It takes yeah, place. It takes place uh, August seventeenth. Good, a good move. I'll repeat that one more time. I think it's a good move to do that to switch it up. I I like it. I think it makes because Salute to Troy. I've never been to Salute to Troy, but it's more of just hey, here's the USC football team. It was more of like a meet and greet, you know, like right. an intermingle with everybody. It was a very everybody. chill vibe. Yeah. And then, I mean, it wasn't anything like the like Sarke like the Sarkeesian incident, where Sarkeesian was hammered, and then he goes on there and yells. <laughs> it wasn't anything like that, you know. It was nothing like that anymore. But this is, I think, <laughs> I think this is a lot better. Yeah, and it's you know, it's a chance to show off their goods, the new stadium, the new and improved offense. Uh, before we go off the air, I gotta ask you. Your thoughts on UC Davis? I know it's been a while. It's been a while. I think I, I think I sent you a text telling you this. But what are your thoughts on USC? What do you remember what I said? I think I said something funny. I don't even remember what you said, but it was it was hilarious. Let me look actually. I think was, I said like, "Who's she?" <laughs> yeah, you did. You're like, I never heard of her. Who is she? <laughs> I say UC Davis. I was like UC Davis. Who is she? No, you, no. I said USC will host UC Davis. This is the text message, people. <laughs> USC will host UC Davis in 2021. You said boring, lol. And I said ready for the UC Davis Aggies, Dina, the Fighting Aggie from Davis, California. And you said ew, with, with all laughing. And I said put some respect. <laughs> I said, put some respect on the big sky powerhouse. And you said, never heard of her. <laughs> well, if that doesn't express my sentiments, then I don't know. I don't know what I could say that would. Um, for those who don't, who've never heard, I know we're two years away from this. <laughs> for those of you like Dina who have never heard of UC Davis. <laughs> for those of you who are like Dina who've never heard of UC Davis, allow me to, to drop some by. Because I actually live, what, 20 minutes, 25 to 30 I minutes? I applied there. Yeah. I got in. but Dina was, was almost like a UC Davis of, Aggie. No, I was not. That was on the bottom of my of my choice list. Dina was almost a UC Davis Aggie. So for those of you who don't know, UC Davis has uh, been around for quite some time. They were Division Two, moved up to the FCS, and although I, did, I think they had a good season last year, didn't they? They, they did. They went ten and three last yeah. year. They they won ten games and made the made the um the the FCS playoffs for the first time in program history. Now they've been to like bowl games and stuff, but they never made it to the FCS playoffs. That was the first time they made it to the FCS playoffs. A uh, good program up there. They have a good program up in Davis at, at Davis. Um, honestly, did it say they're coming? Are we going there, or are they coming to us? 
really will we ever go to will we ever will any FCS program <laughs> or will any FBS program go to an FCS school? <laughs> well, no, I, it's at the I Coliseum. Asked that because it's at the Coliseum because of all the things Larry Scott thinks fans want. <laughs> you know, should we go up there? I could see that in the board meeting. Should we go up there? <laughs> should we go? Well, it's the school that was scheduling it, but forget. You know what? That would not be if Lynn Swan were to go. You, you know what? Let's do a home and home at Davis. Let's go home to Davis. Home and home at Davis. <laughs> really, no UC day. No Aggie fans or students. Students would be able to get in, but no Aggie fans would really be getting in there. It's a small stadium. It honestly is a small stadium. So I, I I highly doubt it. But the thing with that is a lot of people will be mad. Because a lot of people will either A, stay in Sacramento. It's nothing to do in Sacramento or in Davis. Davis is like a real college town. It's rural, isn't it? It is. It, it's leg, it's a legit college town. Like, Wait, what is it? I feel like it's not a college town. It's like a farm town. <laughs> it is. It's a college town. Like, there's, it's an actual town. Um, if you go outside of it, it's farm and everything, but it's, I think think a college town though. I think of like things to do and people like go there because of the city it's in. No, it's not that. (laughs) Like the nightlife in Davis isn't bad. I'll, I'll say that much. The nightlife (laughs) in Davis is not bad. You're the spokesperson. You're the USC spokesperson. The nightlife in Davis isn't bad. So you should. (laughs) It really, well, there's a good, there's a good pizza place there. There's bars out there. There's like, damn, who is USC's PR person and why haven't they hired you? You know what? <laughs> I need to be hired. USC needs help in the PR department. <laughs> you know what, people? Hey, USC, they got good anybody, pizza. They got good nightlife. <laughs> if anybody at USC listens to this, you can give me an email. You can shoot me an email, or you can tw- you can you can find my Twitter at Matt A Lowry on Twitter, or. Feel free to find a way. Go to Conquest Chronicles. You can find my email and everything. Please feel free to email me. I have my resume ready. I have everything ready. I I, I, I can help in the PR department. UC Davis, you too. Because I can help you out with that. But yeah, no. 2021, they'll play UC Davis at home as a part of a seven-game home, uh, seven, seven home games on the schedule. Because BYU... They played BYU twice in separate years. And of those two years, I think the game falls after Thanksgiving. The game falls after Thanksgiving. And that's like, that'll be the first time that USC will play a, um, that USC will play an out of conference team, a team out of conference not named Notre Dame. A team outside of conference not named Notre Dame. Uh, that plays that late. I think the last time they played uh, a non-Notre Dame program that late in the season was Fresno State in 2005, the Reggie Bush game. Dang. Oh. It's actually, uh, I mean, playing UC Davis, it, 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 it's not ideal, but in 2020, in uh, 2023, they play Nevada, and in 2024, they play San Jose State. Yeah, those aren't really enticing either. If it makes you feel any better, UC Davis is better than San Jose State. And UC <laughs> Davis did beat Stanford. 
They did beat Stanford. Did they? Yeah. The Last first, year? No. Oh. Um, look it up. The 2000, it was 2005. They played Stanford in 2005 and they beat Stanford at Stanford. Okay, but have they beat him recently? No. <laughs> I mean, oh shoot. Yeah. Nina almost fell off her bed, everyone. <laughs> So that's how I view it. I mean, it's in all honesty, it's I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's whatever to me. Like I'm not no, I'm not I'm not actually mad. I'm just I just think it's funny how how I just think it's funny. <laughs> oh, I I already said from 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 now on, the jokes are writing itself. <laughs> the number one I, I told Dina that I told everybody that everyone's like Oh, UC Davis? I said, put some respect on the fighting Aggies of Davis, California. <laughs> next thing you know it, next thing you know it, we're going to play the Sacramento State Hornets. Oh, God. I thought we would play Cal Poly. Hey, it could have been be- It could have been worse. We could have played Sac State or Cal Poly. Yeah, I don't even know Cal Poly or Sac State had a football team, so that is actually worse. Yes, you are right. Yep. I had a, a couple of fr- a few friends of mine played for Sac State. Matter of fact, true story. I have friends that played on the Sac State team that beat Oregon State in 2011. Wow. And they, I went to high school with them. True story. That's a true story. A, a few, I can say a, I can say a few friends of mine beat Oregon State at Sac State. Matt Lowry of Football Life. <laughs> you, that, that would be probably the most interesting football life. I was at a bar the other night, and we were watching what they had on was Bill Belichick's um, a Football Life, and that shit was long. Like we were there for a long time, and it was on for the majority of that time. Oh yeah. It, the football life drag on, especially if it's a long football life. Yeah, I was there's like, gonna be a, There's going to be a two-part football life one day. And in not a single frame was he wearing a full sleeve. <laughs> of course. Why not? Have you seen <laughs> Have you seen the Rose Bowl one? The Rose There's a football Bowl life on the, on the national title game, on the uh, Rose Bowl national title game, on the USC-Texas game. No, I just saw the 30 for 30. There, like, there's a full dedicated documentary about that game. Yeah, and uh, Steve, Steve Smith is on it. Matt Leinert's on every single one they of them. They need to do one course. on the 2017 game. That would be nice. There's going to be a documentary on that one day. There's going to be a documentary. I'm waiting for the day we get a Reggie Bush 30 for 30. <laughs> I don't know why they haven't done that. I mean, the the, the script writes itself. It's all there. Well, Reggie Bush, like, Reggie Bush has to want to do it, and USC like. I think it'd be good for him. I don't think it'd be negative. You know how the NCAA is. I mean, what are they gonna do? They do they have control over what what no, programs they, he does? Well, they. Can they have control over him going to U- back to USC, unfortunately. He doesn't have to go back to USC. They could Photoshop or green screen him onto the USC campus. 
Well, I don't think he would do it on campus. He'll probably do it in the comfort of his own home. Right. And right. Talk. Well, he talk, and he talks about his time at USC anyway. Right. But and he was, the thing yeah. is, is Reggie Bush going, is Reggie Bush willing to do a tell all 30 for 30 on it? You know, that's the thing is, is he willing to do it? Now, I think he should do it. Tell his side so everyone hits the NCAA. So well, then I, I think he told it would be his bad side. publicity for them. He's told his side so many times. It's just the NCAA already done what they've done. And really, everything out there is saying, everything out there is saying, hey, this, it supports Reggie Bush, you know? It's the NCAA is where it falls on his hands and stuff, you know? It's where it falls on their hands. But again, that's another story with the NCAA. Like, that's like a tale of two stories. And on that note. On that note, we'll <laughs> go ahead and end it because, like, literally, we will go all day on this. All night, really. Um, you could. You can follow us at Conquest. You can follow us on Twitter at C Chronicles SBN. You can also follow me on Twitter at Matt A. Lowry. You can follow me at Always Compete. And please be sure you can li- to listen to us on the uh, mega on megaphone. Uh, also listen to us on Apple iTunes and Google Play. I don't know Spotify. if working. Spotify. Yes, please feel free to listen to us on Spotify. Um, also. Be on the lookout for for fall camp um for fall camp articles everything season is underway season's basically here so let's get to it and on that note fight on everyone fight on. <laughs>